Starting our own reread of the Harry Potter series, starting at chapter one, guys, just in time for the 20th anniversary of the publication of the first Harry Potter book. Harry that Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. You know well, what the Philosopher's else? Stone. It's also right before Pottermore is starting their own reread book club from the beginning, too. I'm a little salty about this. We recorded the episode where we announced that we were doing a reread the day before they announced that it's they true. were doing it. And it's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we're doing it at the same time. That's cool. I mean, but how come sense, we always right? decide things and then it seems like we ha- decided them later? Well, it's okay. It happened with the podcast, too. It did. Not so much with Pottermore, so to speak, but not so much with Pottermore. No. Whatever. I think no. it's better that way. You know, the more people that are rereading at the same time, then the better. That's fantastic. Totally. I would love to be yeah. able what to talk about what they're doing on Pottermore and what they what they're talking about, and maybe we can find some way of contributing our thoughts uh, there too. Eventually, who knows? It's been twenty years since this book came out, and. Uh, that's really crazy. Came out in England. Yeah. I mean, yeah. came out, period. Yeah. But people are saying, oh, it's not been out 20 years here because it was published in 1998 in the US. I mean, I was huge into young adult uh, fiction in 97 in England. I was all over the message you know, boards. buying all of John, the new books. Were you alive in 1997? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered. I was probably 13. Well, I judge ages by. Go on. By uh, mental ages. <laughs> well, me at 13, that was something to behold. I believe it. I believe it. I was 17 then. How old was Joe, more importantly? 28-ish. Wow. What a baller. That's cool. That is really cool. No, she started writing them around 28. She was 37 then. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. I still got time to like come out with a Sorcerer's Stone. Well, good luck with that. Sorry, 65. <laughs> I got it wrong. She was 32 when they came out. Ah, damn it. I'm out of time. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh, oh, well. We can't I'm win them all, guys. to know how often you guys reread the books, if I can ask that. Oh, that's a, that's a real big, sensitive topic here. Is it? I think we should I mean, just get it out of the way before I reread, right? Because it's all, it's all going to be out there. Oh, anyway, yeah. like, let's just be open. I um, have only, we talked about it briefly last time, like I've only read the physical copies of the book, each one, like one, in, like twice, one and a half times, um, but I've listened to the audiobooks. I couldn't tell you how many times mm-hmm. because I just, that's just something I'll put on in the background. And so, I've gone through those, I, if I'm not exaggerating, probably around 15 to 20 times. Yeah, I haven't sat down and read them cover to cover in a long time, probably since I um, was working on Pottermore. But bef- in terms of like delving in and just going page, you know, here and there and pages, but like pages have fallen out. So 10, 20, I don't, I don't know. This is so exciting because it's the first time in 10, you know, 20. many years. What are you talking about? Really? In terms of like how many times I've read individual, these individual pages in terms of like going back and reading back and reading my favorite, mm-hmm. po- like, you know, but cover to cover, I've only read twice, maybe? I've definitely only read them cover to cover once, at least the earlier books. I've read Deathly Hollows at least twice, and probably Azkaban two or three times, because I like that one. What about you, Zach? 
I try to reread them every year. Come on, really? I do. And I do what Frankie does for the most part. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes you're like, I'm in a place where I can read it or I'm not reading something else and I don't listen to the audiobook. But the difference Frankie and I have is that I'm a Stephen Fry guy and he's a Jim Dale. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Jim people Dale. listening might be divided down the middle as well. I feel like there's a, there's a, like, you can really sit, tell a lot about a person by which one they listen to. Yeah. Which the, one do you the think? The tryhards like? are the Stephen Fry's because they're like, I want to be British and they're not. So <laughs> it's so authentic. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I like Stephen Fry. I'm Jim TBH. Dale because of pushing daisies. I, I think I like Stephen Fry a little bit more because I'm, I don't love Jim Dale's Hermione voice. Uh, his first <laughs> the book, uh, Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone Hermione, or Sorcerer's Stone Hermione, because it's Sorcerer's Stone when he does right. it, um, is super like, Harry! Yeah, but yeah, it's that. That only goes away. <laughs> that's only the first that book. sucks. It's like after the first death, things get really s- a little bit more serious. Professor Dumbledore, sir. Professor McGonagall. No problems, I trust, Hagrid? No, sir. Little tight fell asleep just as we were flying over Bristol. <laughs> Try not to wake him. So now we have all reread the first two chapters of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, What ma'am. was it like, guys? What was it like diving back into it? It just, it was so comfortable. It was so cool. Like, I just, I forgot how. Harry's not even in the first chapter of the book. Like it's barely. We're, yeah. fo- we're following Vernon for the I most love part. Vernon. And and then at the he end would. we get that awesome exchange between McGonagall and Dumbledore. And it's mm-hmm. just so Oh, something I wrote down, which I remember JK Rowling talking about this, or maybe it was through Pottermore, about how um wizards, when they're in the muggle world, wear purple and green. Cause that's the kind of like their code to each other. And throughout this, she like Vernon saw someone wearing an emerald green cloak that's and then so saw another cool. one wearing a purple cloak. And I just thought that was so cool that that's kind of just her, like, I don't know, just, I just, I love the big world she builds and her language to herself. And like, and I like the idea that once the, the wizards are out of Hogwarts, they kind of don't, they don't really sport their colors as much. It's just mainly like purple and green, which is kind of cool. Cause it's like unity and all that nonsense. So that really, like, that made, that was fun. It tickled me. That is such a cool thing. What about you guys? Just, yeah, getting back into it, it's funny because as little as I've actually read through or listened through each of these books all the way through, I've certainly started to more than I have finished. So I'm pretty familiar with these first couple chapters, more so than I think I will be for chapters like three, four, five, and six going forward. But that said, uh, I definitely, you know, and I've always liked how the books start you off in like the life of like the most kind of, you know, boorish, uh, mundane uh, human being possible uh, with Vernon Dursley and how it's the most important freaking day ever for like people that aren't muggles. You know, it's like they're, they're doing things that you they've never done before you know like sending owls in every which way and you know breaking all the the secrecy rules and nobody cares because you know somehow it was the end of he who must not be named and it's you know nobody quite knows why but like just just knowing like how important that was for all those people and then just to kind of get little tastes of it through the eyes of somebody who is totally oblivious and who's freaked out at even somebody wearing purple. Like, like <laughs> the nerve Vernon thinks like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these people are all coordinating in these outfits. They're probably out trying to collect for something. And like, oh, I don't see what they're collecting for. So maybe they're just a bunch of weirdos and, you know, like... Just it's just like the perfect way to tease us into you know wondering what's really going on because you know we're way more curious than Vernon. I thought so too. I was just same same as you, John. I'm, I'm familiar with it, and I thought maybe I don't even need to reread it because um, I started Sorcerer's Stone I think three or four weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I finished it since. But it, you know, it's 
not too long ago. But you know, every time I read it, I feel like I pick up on something else, or I just appreciate the scope of what she's trying to do a little bit more. And this time, mm-hmm. I think I just I really picked up on her sense of knowing that she was about that she's in this chapter introducing a huge story that's going to go way beyond this and i there's she puts so much more of her personality into the the references and uh the the things that she notices like the the way the cat sits or the little remarks that people make or she's almost (laughs) making a commentary sarcastically on how ridiculous uncle vernon is at at times and Mm -hmm. that's not really in the books later on you know it's a lot more centered in the mind of Harry and what he's up to. And I thought it was a really fantastic way to bring us into the story. Going back into the story, and I, I just had a really good conversation about this with Cheryl, and it really solidified for me why this is so key, the way this is written. Most people are not going to know who you're talking about. Oh, when you that's say fair. Cheryl. Sorry. I'm like, oh, podcast. It's Cheryl. Cheryl Klein, who's a really, really good friend of mine and also Hot was Cheryl. one of the eight. Was Todd Cheryl is the um was the uh, continuity editor on uh, the last three books, um, and we all, we often talk about Harry Potter just nonstop, you know. So I was talking about the way this first chapter, these first chapters, are structured, and they're really remarkable for getting you on Harry's side. They are. It's it's. So you you're open up on Mr. and Mrs. Dursley and the way that they are described with their callousness and their kind of snottiness, you're instant you instantly don't like them. It's set up to put you <laughs> against them. Like that's yeah. it's, it's you know, he works at a drill, it's Dull Great Tuesday, he's going off to eat another donut. Like he's Dudley's yeah. first oblivious word is to the won't. world around him. Yeah, I love that now. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Dudley's first word is won't. <laughs> you God instantly sakes. are like the narrator is pushing you to not like these people. Mm-hmm. And then the next the next people you meet are are the direct opposite of that. So if if you're not supposed to like the Dursleys, then here are people you are supposed to like. And they're talking about this boy who has powers and is mysterious. And it seems like they were good people. And what happened? Does anybody know? Ta- spoken about and like Dumbledore and McGonagall are described in such opposite terms in the Dudleys. There's kindliness mm-hmm. and there's compassion and you you are on their side immediately. And then in comes the guy flying <laughs> on a motorbike. Yeah. He's like a Charlie's <laughs> angel but who like clearly loves to cook and take long walks on the beach like that. He's that guy, you know, because he's cradling a baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's a cool person is gentle. what he is. Yeah, so if you couldn't like these people anymore, in comes the giant on a motorcycle with the kind eyes. And they're just this eccentric crew that's specifically made to be anti the world that you were taught in the first page to not like. And Harry's like, fine, he's a baby. He's not, he doesn't have agency yet. He's just this baby with this cut on his forehead. But everybody thinks kindly of him that you're supposed to like so you love him immediately yeah it's really it's brilliant like it really is a master class in how to get an audience liking the people they're supposed to like oh for sure yeah like it's a little it's a little like just the way she describes uh petunia with too many teeth and a long neck and just you get this like this like she's like a rake thin and then Vernon is like really like like over the top like a huge presence and so it's like it's a fun contrast between the two yeah yeah and then you then you hear like you know how Dumbledore's wearing purple and he's you know he's got Silver light hair bright that goes eyes. down to his his waist and then we get we meet a cat that turns into a a, a woman which is awesome mm-hmm. like <laughs> well even before she does the descriptions of the cat are so good that like knowing who the cat actually is they're so dead on like the idea that the cat is like sitting up straight and staring ahead <laughs> in a very unusual <laughs> way like you know i'm not a writer myself i do remember from school with them saying that it's much better to show rather than to tell when mm. you're trying to describe a character you describe them based on the actions and stuff that that they're doing you know as opposed to just saying oh well she's just real uh stern and she's uh you know a very serious person and blah 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 you know like you, you see it in 
you know, this cat. And uh, well, even that one line as if when she looked at Dumbledore and like looked at him as if this was not the time to be eating a lemon drop. <laughs> like <laughs> that's just yeah. it's so wonderful. And like she's just as stern and particular as Petunia in many ways, but in a totally different light. Like and mm-hmm. it's just it's such a nice contrast. I don't yeah, know. I think you can really feel their intention. And we don't know much. We haven't had much dialogue with any of them. And you can really feel their intention. Even Uncle Vernon's, like his decision to yell at people. I think that was where we really triggered for me. His decision, Mm -hmm. he felt good about yelling at people. And then he he went and got a bun from the bakery. It's just for some reason, the combination of those things, I was just like, this guy's gratuitous. He just is a very selfish person, isn't he? Yeah, it's the callousness of him combined with his kind of gluttony. It's not attractive. It's... You know, it's um lacks discipline. What we are taught are is like a distasteful person. They yeah. just seem unpleasant. It seems like a world you don't want to be in. And so these people show up who are eccentric and kind, and there's compassion in them. And it's you've now spent enough time with these jerks that you don't want to spend time with mm-hmm. that it endears you to these people even more. You know. Yeah. Here's a question. Um, when I was uh, reading it, slash listening to it, um. There was the line that McGonagall was like, how did he survive? What happened? And Dumbledore said, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know. Do you think Dumbledore knew at that time the whole, like, what Lily's sacrifice meant? Or he hadn't figured it out yet? It's so mysterious because he also makes that reference to, I wouldn't remove this car even if I could. And he he does he quickly cover it up with the casual remark or is he thinking more about it? I think those kind of go together, man. I don't know. Mm. I do think he knew on base level what happened. I don't think he knows all of it. I don't think he understood about the Horcruxes yet. I don't think Joe knew about the Horcruxes yeah, yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Do you really think she, that? Well, she may have, oh, though, because 100%. book two. With the Horcruxes in book two. Uh, I don't know if she did then either. Well, technically, so it was she in book been one, like, too, right? it. Oh, like, you don't think that she knew the diaries of Horcrux the whole time? I think no. she knew it was a container of soul. I don't know if it was yeah. like called Horcrux. I think all that stuff just probably came from... We need to ask her. Yes, we do. If she Will would she answer ever that question. admit to stuff like that? Like, there are sure. so many things, even in this just opening chapter, that we still don't know about. Like, I'll give you one right now. She would admit to stuff what like that. What in the hell is that pocket watch that, that Albus has... I that know. has the 12 planets and all the things just spinning in different directions. It's never spoken of again. Um, and after he looks at it, he says Hagrid is is running late. It's a watch. It's a watch. It's a watch. It only, it's, it's a special magic. With 12 hands and surrounded advanced. by planets. Maybe it has to do with the planets and their, equi- their, their rotation patterns around the sun. But how does that help you tell where Hagrid is? No, it's not well, where he is. It's that he's not here I when mean, he like said he I mean, like the fact that he's like... I don't He's know, man. Like when I listened to that again, I was immediately thinking of the clock in the Weasley house. Yeah, and but how, that's a different. That's not a timekeeper. That's just a look. That's something else. Is it? Does this have to do with time? Like maybe it's something to do with the Order of the Phoenix. But it's not time the way we understand it. Maybe Dumbledore knows time based on the movement of the planets, and so if he knows a certain planet's in a certain position, it's like he yeah. may have a totally different understanding of time i guess what i would say that that watches you know how our cl- our watches are a, a 12 hour range mm-hmm. that's yeah. probably something that is an annual yeah thing and so Full the, year. Like, that pattern he knows that that pattern means wednesday march 3rd at 4 p.m Holy. versus that makes like something like a that ton of that's sense. i want so that watch. yes i've been looking for that watch and they do sell it it's not the same and obviously it doesn't do that Okay, but Wait, it, what? it's Dumbledore's watch. Yeah, you can find it on eBay. I promise. It just has the Get out of here. has a really huge logo on it, though. So I I won't pull the trigger. Mm, I hate all Tacky. the crap with the logos on it. So do I. Um, now the putter outer, that is something that it comes oh, back just, in the end of sorry. the book, and I've always hated it. Like I don't get it, Melissa. Are you buying that watch? I'm not buying it. I looked it up, and I'm like, wow, yeah, no, that's a really cheap way to make Dumbledore's watch. It's like, yeah, instead of twelve numbers, we'll have planets. It's not. It's so silly. I don't like this watch. Yeah, and um, like, what are the twelve planets? Just curious. It's probably like four Jupiters or some of the moons. I don't know. The moons. They don't yeah. say what they are. They're just they're just round colored objects that's it see i like the idea that maybe like it has something to do with the order of the phoenix and it is purposefully kind of like 
representative of maybe a certain order members represented by planets or maybe the planets represent locations and the the hands are order members and so it's like if somebody were to come across this thing it wouldn't let them know immediately where all the order people are if they don't understand how to read the watch and uh you know that that was just my crazy take on it because otherwise it just seems like a ridiculously inefficient way to just watch the minutes go by or the seconds go by like Dumbledore the is the not planets, the most yeah, efficient like, person though he loves whimsy and nuance and yeah, stuff like and that also what's efficient to you is not going to be efficient doesn't necessarily mean it's efficient to anyone else much less Dumbledore. the man was named albus Dumbledore. <laughs> after all yeah Frankie, to your point about um the put outer i think that is something that at this writing of this chapter she had no idea would be used in book seven. Oh, i no, agree completely because i still have a that is one of the things i still can't wrap my mind around the mechanics of it um for uh the book like i get it helps them find but the fact that it's a device that contain like before it was a light take putter router and uh right like, those those things are incongruent to me and so i'm like mm, but it's fun whatever yeah it's not the biggest thing i get i get what you're saying yeah it's just kind of like oh, okay whatever it's something I, I concede quote unquote not that I ever need to concede anything in something I didn't write, but you know what I mean. And, and how is it that Professor McGonagall has never heard of the Sherbert Lemons? And they're like best buddies for how long? And Dumbledore's <laughs> got these things in his office. I wrote, literally wrote that down too, John. Like, <laughs> come on. Lemon I know drops, that they're trying to introduce Sherbert us Lemon. to these characters. This is, like, is this really the like, first time she's seen right him here. eating those? That's what I want to know. Like, Guys, And how like is it time. that she's surprised that Dumbledore knew which cat she was? as if like she had been keeping the fact that she was unable uh, to turn into a cat from him and never showed like or like or that she could turn into a different looking cat every time okay so this read through is gonna <laughs> am i gonna like no, tear down my idols terribly but like <laughs> this is and so I get, key it's like on on key pottercast right here the I lemon drops like it. this is pottercast welcome back guys like, <laughs> I love yeah. it. like don't don't screw with us with these lemon drops like yeah. we we know that they both know about the lemon drops they like, really do are, are they even friends like are they even like they're hey. old ass people too like don't forget about that <laughs> okay so did you i gotta chill and maybe you guys gotta chill tell me when you read this Hmm. These people will never understand him. He'll be famous, a legend. I wouldn't be surprised if today was known as Harry Potter Day in the future. There will be books written about Harry. Every child in our world will know his name. Talk about prophetic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, cool. It's li- it's literally true. It's not. I remember when this was a question, if this would become true. This is literally true now. It's meta. Literally meta. Meta. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I love that last paragraph. A breeze ruffled the neat hedges of Privet Drive, which lay silent and tidy under the inky sky. That's the first part of the sentence. Have you guys, um, not to pump my book, but I'm going to pimp my book. <laughs> uh, J.K. Rowling told a story about when she finished this book and, and how it relates to chapter one. Do you guys know this story? Jog uh, my memory. She was laying on her stomach in, in her apartment in Leith and she, you know, finished it, wrote the end and got up and... She she even said it to me apologetically, like, I, it's okay if you don't believe me. But of course I believe her. She said, um, she looked out the window and there was, there's a little low wall out her window and there was a cat sitting on it. No. And she's, no. Yeah. 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 And she said, good night, Professor McGonagall. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. That's awesome. We've been there. We've been there. We have we been there. there. We took pictures and I touched it. We're not stalkers. We came up on her old apartment. And yeah. tried to look into the windows. That's so weird. And, uh, Do you know what's outside the, the apartment? A metal grate with the word Yaxley on it. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. never, that was right. awesome. Didn't we leave the Harry Potter doll on the windowsill? We did. Well, Wait. I mean, we took pictures with it. I don't think we left that it. Is I mean, so it we cool, did cool leave doll. something No, we on left it. it. I'm Frankie, pretty I think sure we left it. made a drawing and left a drawing. Yes, that's what we left. Yeah, we left something. So you can and watch that in Finding Hogwarts. From her directly i'm still <laughs> yeah. just a little bit shaken by all this <laughs> just all that you guys just said the, the low wall story that's crazy yeah. you can read that low wall story in harry a history available online <laughs> i think <laughs> i there love are no seeing that my, on my friends bookshelves by the way like my harry potter friends which now is a lot of people in their homes 
Oh, that makes I am the audiobook that I got from the Pirate Bay. <laughs> you I'm me, joking about that part. You owe no, me one dollar seventy five cents because I yeah. found it at a used bookstore in Tennessee. No, yes. that's, and then you well, gave it to me. Exciting. They're like, to I gotta get rid to, of this one. That fandom's over. I put that into iTunes and then right, gave it John. back to Frankie. Buck seventy five. Next time I see you, and we'll call it even. Buck seventy five. Is that all they give you from these sales? That sucks. That's yeah, it sucks. <laughs> books, you know, guys. Not everybody gets rich on books. I think it's pretty oh, clear that the cosmos united, though, in that moment when she finished that book, and that gives me, totally. That's okay. Well, at least everything that we were doing wasn't for nothing, right? Yes, <laughs> indeed. I just wanted to m- mention that we talk a lot about, or my friends and I talk a lot about how neat it is to get point of view chapters later in the series from people like Snape and the Prime Minister. And it's even cooler because we go through the story and we're reading and we're in the mind of Harry and we're in the lives of people that are his age, which maxes out at 17. And so it's interesting, for example, to be with Snape and I have these adult conversations and that be the book that we're reading right now. And I, I don't think that we ever mention the fact that this first chapter is basically half and half, you know, Dumbledore, McGonagall, but it's mostly... We're mostly in Vernon Dursley's head. Like, this is his Harry Potter point of view chapter. And it's, I mean, we're getting really deep into his personality and psyche and understanding muggles. And we're hearing muggle news. And it's just, for the first few chapters of this book, it's very, you know, a muggle-y story. And it's just, I don't know, I feel like it's not appreciated enough. And I really haven't thought about it much until we were doing it for the podcast. I think it's better when we're taking notes. I'd like get a lot more out of it. I agree. People say the first thing that happens in Harry Potter is, you know, like the, the that it's about Voldemort and it's a murder. It's like, no, it actually starts with the Dursleys. Like, it's a very mundane mm-hmm. beginning. But here's, it's here's the, a question. It's honest, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point, when we meet Dumbledore, this is before he has his conversation with Snape on the hill. No, it's after, it's after. because Snape on the hill is when Snape said that he would protect Lily. Or the one he well, is after Snape learned that Voldemort wanted to find the Potters, and he was begging Dumbledore to protect the Potters. That's why they're in hiding mm-hmm. now. But that wasn't he. He wasn't distraught because Lily died. Because no. remember, he gave her like Dumbledore. Voldemort gave her the chance, like step aside, and that's that was him honoring what he told Snape. And then Snape was upset that she was dead, not that she was could die. She, I thought he was distraught that she was murdered. Because that's what turned him. Snape overheard Dumbledore getting the prophecy. And so Snape took that prophecy to Voldemort. And then he found out who it was about because of that. Voldemort was like, that's Harry Potter. And he was like, Flipendo! I like Lily. And then he went back to Dumbledore and was like, hey, I want a defect because I overheard you. You know I did. And I would just want to save her. And the Dumbledore was like, fine, let's save her. But you have to be on my side for the rest of your life now and be a spy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so weird. Mm. He, I never, I've literally never thought about when he talked to Snape on the Hill. I didn't either. And I, now, now I would love it if there was a way to, like, cut the books in chronological order. You know what I mean? Like, to read them, like, I guess the first thing we would read is probably all the 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 flashbacks from in high school with, like, Snape's memory, the Prince's Tale... And then, like, reading them in order in which, like, it happened that chronologically so cool, in the world. Man. That'd be really fun to read. That was neat. If someone's listening and wants to put that together, you guys should and tweet it at us. Maybe like, oh, yes, please. Yeah. I'll draw you a picture. He'll do, like, the cover art for it, and it'll be <gasps> it'll be called something. It could be called the real Time Turner series. <laughs> cursed. I said that with a ghetto. It's cursed. I did ghetto hand gestures with that, so it was cool. <laughs> Nearly <laughs> 10 years had passed. So where's chapter two pick up? Chapter two picks up with Harry waking up. Oh yeah, we got a little get a little Harry time. To further on like the the previous the structure of the previous chapter, like we learn that the Dursley, Dur- the Dursleys are unpleasant people, but it's this chapter where we really oh. learn just how mean and abusive such jerks they are. And, and on a why? fun note, like the it the first chapter ends with Harry sleeping in his basket. And then the second chapter opens with Harry sleeping underneath the cupboard, which is really fun. That's a good transition for, like, if I was storyboarding. (laughs) Pretty good. How about those photos of Dudley that look like a beach ball wearing different colored bonnets? (laughs) She does. (laughs) She can't like, like, baby. I don't want you to like him. Yeah, for people who say that, like, 
her writing got more vivid and descriptive over time. Like, I suppose that's true, but descriptions like that, she she was always pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I would. I mean, just like anybody's going to get better at their craft, the more they do it. Yeah. But I don't think she was ever lacking in painting a picture with her words. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you guys notice how on the top like surface level of how they dealt with Harry was just this focus on he might do something we don't know or if he talks about something weird that would really freak us out it's just yeah. this must be so annoying to live with them oh god yeah they're, they're terrified of him yeah we've already been taught that he's you know the good one then they get even worse and Harry is this you know he's a nice kid doesn't do much but the first thing he does is show empathy with a snake and he shows empathy with an animal, and the right after yeah. Dudley is mean to an animal, it's like knocking on the door, knocking on the window, and like the, whatever that is, a glass, and walks away. And then Harry feels empathy for another living creature is like pretty much the first thing we see him do. Mm-hmm. And what I like about Harry is he's clearly the gentler of the two, but he still has Moxie. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not just like this little like oh wilted guy. Like Moxie he speaks up, and he's all like. I had a dream about a flying motorcycle. And the dad's like, ah. <laughs> He's, he got so mad in that moment. Zero to 100. Yeah. yeah it's just, but like it, Harry, Harry says that Dudley looks like a pig in a wig. Like Harry's, Harry's got <laughs> humor. And especially in book five, that dark, like that sarcastic Harry humor is so mm, great. It's the best. Okay. And Mrs. Fig, how cool is it that she was there all along? And I would like to choose to believe that she was a squib the whole time, but I know that could have been retrofitted to fit the story. She had to have been. I'm on your side. Oh, I think she I think she was definitely set as the old crowd from that point. Think of her cat names, which are popular <laughs> trivia Paws. answers. All right. So and the fact that she had that these. many cats. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Paws. I think that's Tibbles and what's the other one? Yeah. Tufty. Tufty. I don't know. I Mr. Paws is the best name ever for a cat. <laughs> Mr. Paws. <laughs> No, it's just great because it's so classic Joe to have like the batty old cat lady. Of course, she's involved in the wizarding world and, you know, in some way. Stationed to keep an eye on Harry Potter. Just Arabella Fig, ladies and gentlemen. I like how the yeah. lo- it's good style. Can we talk about that Dudley can't add two to a number? <laughs> that's like, I know he's that's dumb. <laughs> but 37 plus two is, I mean, is it that hard to figure out at 10 years old? He's a fast counter. Because he looked at the room and was able to get to 36 pretty yes, quick. That's true. So how could he not get to th- <laughs> That's true. John, we need so, you. Lemon drop. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, on Friends or in the office when like Kevin is the accountant who's kind of dumb. But as soon as you ask him questions about pies, like how many is 200 pies divided by 3.6 pies? And he gives the correct answer because he's thinking about pies. And so maybe Dursley's <laughs> a thing. Uh, uh, Dursley, oh my gosh. Dudley is the same way in the sense like my presence. So he's invested. But I guess he'd be invested in the other one too. Sorry, I'm I'm I I'm falling back into rereading. This is what this is where I this is what happens. Yeah, because the the second chapter is just kind of getting a slice of his home life. And yeah. then um you get to see a, a peak of his personality. It talks about the weird things that happen, his uh his what is the term? Um unintentional magic, what's it called? Accidental, accidental magic, with the hair growing and the. And I the, loved those and the jumping. And, no, but like the um, thing that, that we get established about Harry is not only that he's like he's sassy and he's and he's compassionate, but that he's more mysterious than we even know, knew. Mm-hmm. So he killed the biggest, the darkest wizard ever with you know without even trying, and now mad panes of glass are disappearing, and he freed a snake, and and also that the that the Dudleys aren't. The Dursleys aren't just mean, but super abusive, you know, locked in a closet his whole life. He gets sent to his cupboard without meals after the snake. Like, you're going to starve this kid? Yeah. Yeah. This is dark stuff, honestly. For look- yeah. looking at it in reality, because the first chapter, I know that there was funny people and owls and, you know, weather reporters talking about shooting stars. But this is a kid that they're putting in a cupboard under yeah. the stairs. And it's framed in like a humorous way and even like the thing with the with the lemon ice pop like they they bought it for and it shows like 
like the the perversion that they have too because like they would have been fine not getting it for him but it's even worse for them to be thought to be yep. noticed to not get it for them that's yeah. you know what i mean so it's like oh no, no, no like yeah so they bought him the cheapest one possible like like dudley and his little rat friend got the the big chocolatey ones but harry got it like it and then and then again harry loved it though he's like oh it was really good the thing that they dislike about wizards and magical people the most the fact that they they seem to be so comfortable with themselves even if it's just with the fact that they're comfortable with being wizards or having magic it's a level that petunia and vernon just vernon just can't seem to get past they're constantly trying to put up a cover and be something that think they think other people want them to be and they're like just they can't handle it and that's why this stuff freaks them out like the glass disappearing they're, they're not thinking about the safety that. they're thinking about like Whoa. i love that isn't that a metaphor for like the world Aren't people, aren't intolerant people most scared of people who aren't afraid of other people's judgment? It is. And like knowing what we know of Petunia, like especially like their last letter they shared when she was younger and she wanted to go to Hogwarts and when she couldn't, it almost, it seems as though like she like, well then fine, if I can't be a witch, I'm going to be the most normal person ever. And Mm -hmm. so like, I can imagine her like finding the most normal quote-unquote mundane man she could Mm. just to kind of like reinforce that and kind of build a family with a guy who also wanted that can snakes speak english Mm, i think they speak parcel tongue they're speaking parcel tongue like harry doesn't realize he's speaking parcel tongue was that boa constrictor in the zoo did its tag on its little exhibit was that written in parcel tongue no how in the hell did the snake know that it had a little tag that said it was from Brazil uh, and that it said that it was raised at the zoo. Because he's smart. It's because he was raised in that zoo, so he knows how to so read English. So did someone show him but, your, his tag and be like, this tag says this. And like, He knows come how on. to read English. He's not stupid. The snake. I know. How is the snake? The snake is the one that said, look over there, look that's, over there. That's well, a do you fair know what point, parcel John. tongue is? Parcel tongue no, like, is the magical the ability snake... to project your mind into that snake. And no, so no, no, when no. you're around snakes, they become as smart as you. That's canon. Right, but well, what other parcel tongue speaking well, person... Reading, <laughs> no, but what other parcel tongue reading person revealed to him that there's a sign on his cage that says bread in captivity. That's a right. really and, and interesting... How often would that snake have even been on the other side of the glass to even Never. know there was anything over there? <laughs> Never. It's really There could have been a dog. sign there that said Flipendo! The snake. Snake like lemon drops. Never have known. Well, you guys have heard the theory about the um, the sorting hat and how the sorting hat is enchanted to like respond to the wearer. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah, have yeah. a consciousness of itself; it projects itself. Yeah. yeah. Now, what if Parcel Tongue was similar in the sense that, like, no, Parcel when- Tongue is snake language. I know <laughs> that, but just entertain this idea. <laughs> okay, what if yeah. every random snake was as a you know skilled as the sorting hat? No, no, no. But like, it would it be out of the question if the magic of a par- someone speaking parcel tongue augmented the snake at all, or no? Is that mm. is that kind of dumb? I mean, it would be very much changing the whole magic of the parcel tongue. It would be making it like a legitimacy kind of magic, which is like which it could be learnable. You know, like parcel tongue is like from all that we've heard an inherited ability except for you know for some reason ron can somehow like also do it because he's listened to harry sleep talk i have no issue with that whatsoever because it's just a password he just knew the password okay but if i were to bark like i hear my dog bark and if you imagine that dogs can understand each other's barks like does the dog understand what i'm doing when i'm barking Yes, if you were to bark yes. in the exact same way as it used to, it would respond the same way. Whoa. That's the whole bell thing. Pavlo's dogs, like, they respond to patterns. No, but, like, it's that's just language. If you don't understand what you're saying, but you repeat a word in a different language the exact same way, the people who speak that language can understand it. I don't understand why everybody gets so hung up on Ron saying the password. I, just, I don't get it. Because of if all the stuff that he would have hear, heard Harry say, how would it happen to be the one word he needs to say? Don't you think that the moment that they opened a magical tunnel to the bottom of the school where using his do- snake where language his was one was that getting stuck out in death? Ron's brain? That's true. Like, I I have no problem thinking uh, that Ron remembers that moment yeah, very Gilroy clearly. Lockhart tried to wipe his memory. Yeah, like, you know, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why people get hung up on this. he just opened the locket 
two weeks before in front of him. Yeah. I mean, I guess like I could imagine, you know, Ron some at some point, you know, off book being like, Harry, how how did the hell did you get us in there? Yeah. Like, what did you yeah. say? You're like, oh, uh, I said this. I'm like, really? And like, that could have been like a running joke of theirs. And like, maybe he just kind of learned it through all that time they've talked about it. Maybe it's the super easiest parcel tongue word. It's just... <laughs> oh, well, then that would be really dumb password then for Voldemort yeah, to be really that on the door. Well, Could the people I think sneezing. it was Salazar <laughs> Slytherin. Let's put a huge snake on the door and then make the password be... <laughs> <laughs> Genius, Voldemort. Well, like, Voldemort's not the it smartest. Was you know, Slytherin, John. The sharpest tool in the shed, Voldemort. Not the start. Not You're the right. sharpest. It was Sal- Salazar. Come on, You're right? Salazar. And he was right. one of the. He was the smartest witch. One of the smartest wizards of his age. Of his age. So, you know, things yeah. were different back then. But how smart were was anybody back then? Like there wasn't even how many a school of them yet. were there? There's like two of them. <laughs> They're like, I think we like need nobody a school. was even going to wizard school. This is almost I still less want months. more stories about the founders. Me too. Yeah, I don't know what Joe's waiting for on that. We'll just read through the seven while we wait. I want I want the story about the finders and like the time turner where they go back to like pre pre founder time and like <laughs> ruin the triwizard tournament. <laughs> 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 when Salazar tries to screw it, the triwizard tournament. Yeah. Oh man. I want more about the founders. Yeah. I do too. Oh, God. We're not there yet, gang. We're going to get to the founders in a few chapters. That's true. That's true. We are. We are. So the the way we... The ends of this chapter also closes the book on on Harry's, you know, whole social sphere. We learn that he's he's completely alone in this world and he spends all of his time in a cupboard. It's a terrible existence. And like... Yeah. You know, there's no light. And so it's setting us up for what's about to happen that the we're so grateful that his life's about to change. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's a really good point. The contrast. Why didn't they just put him up for adoption? Dumbledore wouldn't let them. No, Dumbledore wouldn't Remember let them. There's gotta last. be some binding magic there. I mean, they don't seem to be afraid of, of him at all, though. If they make Harry have the life that he has, like, what fear must they have of Dumbledore? I think it was probably a war of attrition, right? So at first, it's like... We just see how badly we can treat him. And then they learn where the edges are mm-hmm. over time. And I like, I mean, it's pretty clear in the books that they're afraid of magic. And so Dumbledore telling them explicitly, like, yeah, he has to live here. And I think part of the spell is that they had to give them a, bir- a present once a year for Christmas or something. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and that's why they give him, like, a nickel, a sock. You know, like, it's right. still technically a present. And so I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't, they'll do the worst they can because they don't like Harry, but they would yeah. never have possibly entertained the idea of going against Dumbledore's, like explicitly like saying no. Mm-hmm. Because when they, when they entertain that in the seventh or the sixth one, that's when the, the owl flew in or the howler flew in and was like, remember our last, whatever. And that's when, Petunia will like put her foot down. It's like, sorry, I knocked my cat down. Um, I thought you put your foot when down. Petunia put her foot down and uh, was all like, no, he stays, Vernon, or something like that. Which was a powerful mm. moment. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, they had to go through Harry meeting all of these wizards in the street for all these years, namely Daedalus Diggle, who gets a shout out from here. And then later on in the books, constantly yes. referencing these beautiful moments where he got to meet the boy who lived. I think Delius Diggle's a stalker. <laughs> He's like been to the same I wall think... that you guys have been to. So come on. Well, listen, <laughs> I, you know, I know it when I see it. And Delius Diggle is, is around a little too often for as big as this city is. You know, he's got to be kind of purposefully interacting with Harry, I think, a little bit. <laughs> That's funny. Well, guys, I'm really excited about this. This was so fun. And I'm, I don't know. This is cool. I'm. This is great. And we're going to work on a like a plan for this going forward. Like we should have some things that we do each week with this. And we should we're, we'll take your suggestions about what you want to hear us talk about. Yes. The next two chapters are for our next. Yeah, I mean, this is known territory. So like if you guys. I've read the chapters ahead of time or you just know the sure. chapters and you want us to kind of like keep something in mind or talk about that aspect of the chapter, like tweet us, email us. We're more than no happy spoilers. to have talking points. Is anybody like listening? Do you think not read the books? I would like us to do a particular pointed job in highlighting um, chunks in these chapters that are not in the films. 
because I'm sure that there are probably some people who have watched all the movies and came to Potter that way, maybe haven't read all these books. Yeah, I mean, I or had some if friends. If they have, they read them a long time ago. I have some friends that I've been watching the movies with from mm-hmm. church, and they, we were, because a friend of mine just finished reading all of them, and so we're going through and watching the movies now, and some other yeah. friends who'd only watched the movies and us talking about it, they were so excited about it that now they're going through and reading the books. Mm-hmm. And so it's really like there is we have to have an audience who are doing that as well. I think it's you know safe to imagine that a lot of people who came to Potter through the films don't even appreciate how much of the books did not make it into the movies mm. and how much so, of the stories on know, the table. To highlight some of like the best parts that didn't make it into the movies, I think that might even be more of a encouragement for people. Well, I had a friend who didn't even know that the Marauders was like that prongs and padfoot and mooney were like was harry's dad and his friends they had no idea it would have taken yeah. 15 seconds is all i'm saying <laughs> that's a great movie how old, how old were the marauders when voldemort attacked 32 like they had a baby harry they weren't they weren't 32 <laughs> not everything <laughs> no, happens were... at 32 they were young parents they were like early they were only they were a like few 20. years out of hogwarts weren't they they were only a few years out of Hog- i think they were like 23 because I, they I, were probably 2021 20, dumb, dumb dumb like they could have had albus be the secret keeper <laughs> for the fidelius charm <laughs> they were like no we want it to be one of our friends because we're <laughs> friends like you are idiots and you're gonna get killed they and were the, 21 the, when they died yeah Good God. Do you want like the most powerful wizard that you've ever met? Like who's like known for like mind magic and everything else, like to keep your secret? No, it's let's yeah, make it the not their best idiot. choice. Fun fact. Nobody um, will suspect him. <laughs> God. Idiots. Idiots. Okay. I want my thing to be pointing out like the stupid when I see it. <laughs> if you're listening and you've only watch the movies why don't you use this as a convenient excuse to read the books with us yeah of course that's wonderful and if you've got a copy buy or not buy if you have it already but if you don't have it get the 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 uh the book that has all of the pictures like the beautiful um sorcerer's stone uh, picture edition. Ooh. It's pretty. All right. Well, let us know what you thought of the beginning of our reread on tw- the tweets or the Patreons. Uh, we are we are at Pottercast in all the places. Facebook, Patreon, all the things. Uh, the preview will be available on Patreon a day early for our highest level subscriber. Ooh, we will also ooh. be taking your questions and discussion topics from there first. So yes. please do support us if you are so inclined or yes. support us by tweeting about us and telling people about it. It's a whole new podcasting age. There's lots of people that haven't had the pleasure yet. Of yes. John Noe's John Noe's wit. Well put. Who would win in a duel though? Mrs. Fig or... Uh... Petunia. Uh, Argus Filch. Filch. Oh, Mrs. Fig. They would just Mrs. use their Fig cats like throw Pokemon. Cat at his head. It's Mrs. Squib- Fig. Squibs on squibs on squibs, though. No, but I mean, like, if Mrs. Norris is awesome, I'm sorry. She is. Mrs. Norris, Mrs. Norris doesn't get to fight in the duel. Yes, she No, would. it's Why the do squibs. Do what? The squibs. All they I'm have sorry. is their cats and measles. All right. Mr. Paws versus Mrs. Norris is no question. See, I just see Filch as vicious and playing dirty. And that's why I think he'd win. Well, chapter three is like probably one of my favorites of the first book. Really? That's the letter one. Letters right? mm-hmm. no one. Uh, okay, I love well, that's it. Next, that's next time here yes. on the Pottercast Bat Channel. <laughs> yes. Pick up your books. Read along. I'm excited. Along. Those next two chapters are action-packed. Oh, my Going gosh. With the whole green and purple thing if everyone remembers correctly the letter was sealed in purple wax not red as everyone depicts it and written in green ink genius a quick bit of housekeeping we are all as you know going to be at LeakyCon at the end of August Um, LeakyCon I'm assuming it is the Harry Potter convention the best and biggest one in the world we're very excited about it and we are to celebrate the 20 years of Harry Potter we've been leading something that we're calling Potter Watch um, where we're, we're re-watching the movies together Yay. and so every weekend there's a Potter Watch they're up to they're up to number two right now but at LeakyCon we thought it would be great if the four of us would do the commentary for the last film. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. And then we'll have done yes. all but seven. <laughs> oh my That's gosh. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a 
ton of fun. I'm going to have to stock up on my anecdotes. <laughs> Wait, are we watching part two or part one and two? Part two, film eight. Okay. Oh, dear. This is going to be a blast. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That the movie mystery is... science theater style. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to be like up on stage with our backs to the audience or are we going to be like in the what if we were like in just in the back of the whole room and like people weren't even looking at us and we're just like shouting well, they don't need from to the see back us. They can just hear us. Yeah, they don't need to look it's at like us. like a podcast. If I have to be on you know stage for that long, I'm going to like pick my nose at some point. So like, Well, it is it is going to be at like 7.45 in the morning. I hope that's okay. You're oh making that up, geez. right? Please. Melissa. You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you do it then, when are we going to do our, our like little thing where Frankie and I show up to some dark corner of the convention center for like four podcast listeners to uh, you mean do a 45 minute panel? Because you don't go. I've been to all but the last one. Whatever. You can find all that information and more at leakycon.com or on one of our social stuffs at leakycon. See us in Dublin, y'all. Dublin! I'm so excited. What's the Game of Thrones music? Uh, I hear it in the background right now. That music means that I get to tell you guys about Game of Thrones, which is happening next week in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, Nashville. I'm doing it with Melissa, and she's right here on the podcast with me. Say hi, Melissa. Right here on the podcast with you. I used to live in Nashville. It's a beautiful city. You should go and visit. It's going to be so bonkers. I've only been there once for Dolly World. (laughs) The guy that does the water dancing doing a workshop. Yes, Miltos, who plays Zero for Real, will be teaching people how to fight with swords. (gasps) So cool. Among other things. So if you're interested and you like Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, all that info is at conofthrones.com, and it is next week. We'd love to see you there. You should go. Thank you, everyone. Right, we're going to see you next time. We'll see, see you, you guys in Chapter 3. Chapter 3. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Three and four. Three and four next time. No, what the? seals. We need a new sign-off. We've missed it. Probably three. This was so disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun.